The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. Follow me on Twitter at Corbin MBA. This is a hoop ball presentation. Oh, my fault. It's actually no longer hoop ball. That was uh, muscle memory there. It is a sports ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, S P O R T S E T H O S, online, sportsethos.com. Uh, they've expanded to baseball in addition to football and, of course, basketball. But here at Round Ball Ramble, we stick to what we know. We rock in the round ball. And I am excited, pumped again, to be joined by good friend, regular guest. We're going to get him back in here, more regularly here, Justin Matcham, just all-around basketball genius. You can find him on Twitter at JustinMatch26. Justin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Corbin. It's a, a nice Friday morning over here. Uh, you know what Fridays mean, so... I do, I do. It's it, it's fun trade Friday, baby. It's it's the day. It's been a while. Uh, and if anything, I think we did a perfect uh, joint, like kind of unofficial official decision to wait until we actually got some teams confirmed that they're you know closing down shop or rather opening up shop to get into trades. I'm very excited mm-hmm. because now we have not only our own fun trades that we've seen or whatever, but we also have some some actual news topics in the trade kind of i don't even know the word the trade sphere the trade circle it doesn't matter the trade yeah. world there we go I like the trade the, the trade the trade sphere there we go the trade sphere trade Boom. like that i love it so we finally have some actual topical news that correlates directly with that so we're just going to go right into it with the first being the indiana pacers one of two teams that are either blowing it up or strongly considering uh and indiana came out this week or this week and basically said hey you know, we're, we're open for business. Uh, you know, it's been a rough year. TJ McConnell uh, may not return after having had surgery uh, for a torn ligaments in his hands. Uh, Rick Carlisle, unfortunately, just has positive for COVID-19. He could miss some games. The Indiana Pacers as a whole have definitely been disjointed this season. I think I'm putting that very lightly in saying so. They sit 11-16. and 16. Uh, 13th in the East. They are 13th in offensive rating, which isn't rough, and 12th in defensive rating, which isn't bad, and 10th in net rating, which isn't horrible, but they can't win a close game to save their lives, and unfortunately, they've been in quite a few close games. So, front office, management all got together, made a joint decision, looped their main guys that they are open to, you know, fielding offers for some of their big guns, quote-unquote, um, as they look, excuse me, almost dropped my whole handset here, whole headset as they look to begin a rebuild and so the players in question that are uh, available uh that the Pacers will be fielding offers for are Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, Miles Turner and of course the big one DeMontis Sabonis and so with all that being said like just the Pacers basically waving the white flag you know quarter way through the season going yep yeah, we, we out like we see where this is going um what do you think about that Justin? Well, I don't think that it's happening right now. 
uh, as far as like the actual teardown. I think it's just more so they're open to the idea of it. And I kind of do expect it to happen at this point. Oh, yeah. I they mean, told them, the players, that well, they'd be available. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I At this point, it just seems like it's going to happen. Um, you know, you got Miles Turner doing interviews where he's saying, you know, that he, he doesn't basically, I mean, what it came off as was that he's not exactly happy with his current role, uh, that he wants, you know, to be more than what he is right now. Uh, basically the way, and obviously he's disputed it, but the way it came off was essentially that he wants more than what he's doing right now in Indiana. And maybe he finds that elsewhere. Obviously then he comes out later and says that he's happy and wants to win here in Indiana um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the Pacers obviously think that's going to happen, but um, I don't know. This just kind of feels like it, it's the same thing, different year for the Pacers. Um, TJ Warren continues to not be able to play. They just lose TJ McConnell. They're not winning games. No. Um, the only reason that Malcolm Brogdon isn't in this conversation is because he just got extended, mm-hmm. but looking at this roster, like now is kind of the time to do it. Like, Guys like DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner are never going to be more valuable than they are right now. Um, DeMontis Sabonis is still has this year, next year, and the year after that on a reasonable, you know, dollar. Miles Turner has another year left on his deal at a reasonable price. Um, Karis LeVert is a little bit more iffy, uh, just again with the, the, the questionable start that he's gotten off to this year, but another guy who's, you know, it, on a team that's kind of expecting to be competing for the next couple of years is on that timeline and under contract for that time. Um, someone who you be, you have to believe will be better than what he's been so far this year um, as just a score and as a volume guy, uh, whether that's off the bench or in the starting lineup, but yeah, it just, it seems like, you know, you, they're at a weird point where like they're not winning games right now. And like, but despite that, uh, the value of a lot of their guys is still pretty high. Like even Justin Holiday, who's under contract this year at six mil and under contract next year, at like 6.3 mil, I think. Um, there are a lot of guys there that have like real value on this team to where if they were to, you know, ship them off somewhere, they would get real value in return and an opportunity to actually rebuild, which congrats to the Pacers for actually accepting that maybe this is a possibility for them rebuilding. Um, I think there's a lot of Orlando magic vibes coming off this team right now, as far as like, well, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to lose because we don't want to rebuild because our attendance is already bad. But like, if somebody had a, like an opportunity or a reason to care about this team, like if they actually had a real future, like, I mean, I, you know, I try to watch every team as much as I can um, around the league and I, I, I do my best. Um, I have not had a lot of motivation to watch the Pacers play this year. Like, you know, DeMontis Sabonis is a fun player. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Torrey Craig a lot. Chris Duarte has been a fun rookie. But overall, like, just coming into the night, looking at the games I want to watch, it's always just, do I really want to watch the Pacers right now? And the answer is always no. Yeah. It, it's just <laughs> Trust not me, I'm really. with you. <laughs> I do no. it. I do it. <laughs> I do it anyway. Sometimes I don't really know why uh, that's, that's a problem I have, but um, yeah, I, I think they're going to give it a little bit more time. Obviously, you know, the, the Turner commitment statement seems like, you know, they want to give it at least like another month to make it work. But uh, 
got to think that this is just, it's just not going to happen here. And we're going to, we're going to start seeing some action here in a month and a half or so. That's true. And, and when you look at guys, like you said, they, they reached, this is what happens. I think when you have a team of like solid, good, but not like great transformative players. Yeah. The Indiana Pacers. That's, that's, what they and, are. that's exactly it. Yeah. And like, I, I don't think you'll be surprised, uh, Justin, to, to know that Karis LeVert is one of my guys. Not surprising at all. Uh, I mean, listen, as someone who can, you know, he, he has all the intangibles. He can shoot the mid-range. He can shoot the three. He can go to the basket. I'm just kidding. Shout out. I'm just kidding. Um, hey, anyway, Monte Ellis is still getting paid by the Pacers this year. As, as one should. Okay? Monte <laughs> Ellis should still be in the league right now. But I digress. No, I'm playing. At 36 years old, I, you telling me Monte Ellis can't play with the Lakers? You know, he might do as much good as DeAndre Jordan right now. I'll give you that much. <laughs> I'm done with you. But, but, you, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> but with that being said, um, with that being said, Karis LeVert has been rough this year. And I think I want to talk about him for a split second. He's going to probably find himself in the toughest trade market because you got a guy who could score the basketball, but can't really shoot very well. And, and he, he's not for that. He isn't shooting the ball all that well right now. That's true. And, but well, I mean, I looked it up and I think he has kind of the Russell Westbrook guy. He likes a three point shot. The three point shot does not like him. Now he's shooting better for his career than Russ is. He's a career 33% three point shooter, but like, get this. He's had, Two years over 34%. He had the 2020-2021 season with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and then he had his second season in the NBA, the 2017-2018 season at 34. Aside from that, he's had two seasons at 32%, two seasons at 31%, and now this season at 26%. So, like, the numbers are he's, – he's not – like he's not a very good outside shooter. Let's just say that mid range. I will concede that I think he is. And I still think like when he's going, he's going, but bottom line this season, I think we both can agree. It just hasn't been great. Just under 15 points a game, 2.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists. That's all you're getting. 26% from three, um, 49% from two, just an, uh, what effective field goal percentage of 46% doesn't get to the line. But two times a game, like it's it's not been great for for Mr. Lavert. No, it hasn't been. And just kind of going back to that Brooklyn season, um, I believe that was the year that he fractured his ankle. Was the year that he had the high shooting percentage? I think it was. Yeah. Um, that was such a weird year because it was like that was the D'Lo Karras year, um, where where D'Lo, I believe, was that D'Lo's All Star season? I believe it was. Yeah. The um, the what's where, called season, right? The what's, 20, the, the what's called season? <laughs> the 20, I was thinking the 2020, no, the 2017, was it that long ago? It couldn't have been the 2017, It was, it was a while season. ago. D-Lo's been an all-star much more recently. I think it was 18-19. Okay, maybe he has been an all-star much We'll recently. go with that. Yeah, but, I think um, it was 18-19. No, I, I, I think it was because 18-19 it was. was the year the Raptors yep. won the finals yeah. and D-Lo was traded to the Warriors. Yep. And, that and the yeah. Nets finished that season 42-40. and 40. The year we thought mm-hmm. it was, they finished 28-54. and 54. They didn't get an All-Stars that year. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so I remember there was like kind of, I mean, because there are two guys in the backcourt, obviously you have to pick one. Uh, you can never have two unless it's Steph and Clay ever. Um, among fan bases at least. But like there was like a lot of buzz that like Karis LeVert was like going to be the guy of the future in Brooklyn and like it was playing awesome. Uh, and then went down with that injury and then D'Lo kind of blew up a little bit that season and Karis has kind of never regained his footing there. 
mm-hmm. um, at least full time. But it's just been unfortunate because from that moment on, it's just been like, you know, on the verge of like fringe all-star type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that happened and then it was, okay, now you're coming off the bench. Now there's, you know, this injury. Uh, now you're being traded. Now you have cancer. Um, and now this season, it's just kind of is what it is. And like, it seems like that's behind him at this point, but um, yeah, I mean, he, I don't think he's ever going to be a good three shooter unless a three point shooter, unless that's something that like he specifically works on as he enters his thirties and just kind of recreates himself as that. I don't really see that coming though. Yeah. Uh, but you know, still a guy who will be able to score for a team, uh, even if it's off the bench, like, Again, he's going to bounce back from what he's doing right now. I think he's a fine finisher at the rim, even if he's not like unbelievable Amazing. there. Like he's yeah. not I don't think he's like an incredible athlete, but he's got a good enough first step to where you can get around guys and you know, finish in creative ways in the mid-range area. So yeah, I mean I think he's as far as trade value for him, I think looking at all the other pieces, he's on the lower end there. Mm-hmm. But like still a guy that you can get something for. Like he's not a negative value player at this point in time. No, no. Not yet. I'm glad you said that because the reason I brought him up, he's making 17.5 million this year. He'll earn 18.8 next year. Uh, he's older than both Turner and Sabonis at age 27. But uh shout out to Eric Pincus. Eric Pincus uh, for Bleach Report. Um just general friend, uh, I guess a friend of both of us. So I'm going to say friend of the show, <laughs> um, the NBA right all, all over. Eric Pink is just salary cap guru. He wrote a little piece on the Pacers and their, and their different um, potential like trades and, and parts that could be um, or parts and trades that could be had for said players. And one that he put that I, I wanted to kind of get your feedback on uh, having been the host of, of a Cavaliers podcast for a good chunk of time. Uh, he pointed out that the Cavs had lost Con Sexton for the season, obviously for that knee injury, and that Ricky Rubio's obviously stepped up alongside Darius Garland, but that the Cavs aren't set on bringing back restricted free agent Colin Sexton, Levert could be an alternative, and that Cleveland could potentially build packages around several players, which include Isaac Okoro, Laurie Markkinen, Chetty Osmond, or even Sexton, and that would give the Pacers full bird rights this offseason a favorable market. What do you think about a Cavs-Levert trade? I think Levert makes some sense in Cleveland, especially right now, just because Sexton is out. But in a world where Sexton is back, does he really make that much sense as a $18 million, $19 million guy who off the bench? Um, That's first. Two, do we really think that 28-year-old Karis Levert is better than 23-year-old Colin Sexton for this team? Um, That's two. Three, like... Is he that much worth it to where you're, con- you're one, you're saying give up Colin Sexton, which is an absolute no in this situation. Um, Larry Markkinen has been pretty good for this team too. And I would argue that, you know, based on what the Cavaliers are trying to do right now, Larry Markkinen at the age of 24, by the way, um, also more important to the style of play that they have and the spacing that they need uh, than Karis Levert. Um, Jetty Osmond, like, Sure, I'll take Karis Levert over Jetty Osmond, but Jetty Osmond's also shooting the ball extremely well right now. And it's not like you can do a one-for-one swap there. The salaries don't work. Um, and Ricky Rubio, like, you can make that argument, sure. But you bring in Karis Levert for Ricky Rubio, and I'm not saying, you know, that is a value play. I'm just saying, like, that's the basic swap. Yeah, yeah. Are you just saying, especially in a year with Colin Sexton out, 
Darius Garland, you're playing 48 minutes at point. Are you running Karis LeVert as a point guard? Like, do you, do you think yeah. that's what's going to break him out of his slump right now? I really don't more believe on that. Mm-hmm. Um, are you giving Kevin Pangos more minutes? Like, what's the plan in that case? I get that. I get that. And that's a good question. I personally, if, I don't know, if Lavert had flashed more facilitation skills, I would definitely want to put him more in like a 0.4 type role that would have him have the ball to create his own shot easier, but also know that he can at least make like some like shot opportunities for others. But this is not in his game. And I think we've seen him, you know, try to do that role in the past with Brooklyn. And I think we could say mixed results. He's had some games where he's done that. I think most notably in that, I think it was that 2020 playoffs um, in the bubble um, against, was it the Raptors? Yeah. Where he was racking up, you know, all these high assist games, but his shooting percentages Mm -hmm. just went straight down the tank. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's one of those guys that just can't do both. You know, I don't think he's ever going to do both at a high level. Um, I think he's a capable passer. And I think, He's a guy that, you know, with other playmakers around him, maybe you could, you know, focus more offense through him. Um, and like, and again, in a situation like Cleveland, I think there would be other playmakers with him on the floor, Darius Garland, um, Evan Mobley, even like a, a guy like Chetty Osmond, you know, if he's not included in a trade is a guy who can pass the ball and move the ball. Well, mm-hmm. Kevin Love, obviously he's a guy who can move the ball. Ricky Rubio. Um, and obviously in, in, in a Karis Levert trade, not all of those guys would be there, but yeah, um, at the same time, like if the purpose of bringing him in is to be just like a stopgap guy until Colin gets back, yeah, uh, which is really the only thing I would be okay with. Again, like I don't think him as a Colin replacement makes much sense at all. Like, okay, now you have him in here, and it's just another non-shooter in the starting lineup. No, I won't say another non-shooter, but like another a guy who isn't really spacing the floor. And then it's real like, like it's an upgrade over Isaac Okoro as the current starter at the two guard. Oh, definitely. Wise, but like, you're not really solving that many issues in the starting five. And that's like fair. you're just taking the ball out of Darius Garland's hands. Yeah, that's true. And you, and right now, especially the way he's been playing, Garland has been so good for Cleveland. You don't want to do that. And if it if it's scoring help that kind of sacrifice, like comes at the expense of like the team's natural kind of hierarchy and taking the ball away from better players. Uh huh. If it was a consider, if it was a conversation of, okay, the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking to make a deep playoff run. Can we trust to run everything through Darius Garland in said playoff run? Or do we need to look to other options? The answer is look for other options. <laughs> but the other question is, are the Cavaliers looking to make a deep playoff run this year? Probably or not. Do we just need to let Darius Garland do his thing right now? True. I would, I would, I'd probably turn to the ladder. Although I got to say, Cleveland's been like mad competitive. I would definitely turn to the ladder, give Garland that confidence, whether or not you bring Sexton back or not, that he knows where he stands and he's fully in control. And, and like you said, with the confidence needed to know, okay, I could do this, you know? Yeah. Damian Lillard is a different question, but Karis LeVert, no. <laughs> With you on that. And one last, and this isn't a trade idea or anything, just something I thought of. What do you feel about LeVert in Dallas? LeVert in Dallas. Just the um, idea of it. I don't have a trade framework in mind or anything just yet. I was trying to kind of think of something on the fly, but I'm just going to admit that I don't have one rather than come up with something ludicrous. Like, yeah, why don't you just trade, uh, you know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.? <laughs> 
Well, I think that would be kind of rough, but say it. Allows, yeah, of course. Allows, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, okay. So in a world where he replaces Tim Hardaway Jr., um, again, I think they would kind of serve a similar role. And yeah. I'm not sure exactly why Dallas does that. Indiana, like, like that would be like a all-in move by Indiana almost, but like a poor all-in move, if that yeah. makes sense. Like the lowest of Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, yeah, like a it's like last when, ditch, like a desperate, desperate last ditch. We're trying to make the play in mm-hmm. type of move because you're probably going to have to give something up with Levert to get Hardaway. Um, yeah. But say you bring him in and they both are there. Like, I guess, hold on, let me, let me pull up the Mavericks here. How could you make Levert work? I'm on, I'm on fan right now. Yeah, I was thinking of the idea because I'm like, okay, Luke, I think, would just – and Jalen Brunson, mind you, there's no disrespect to him because he has been literally amazing for them uh, coming through in the absence of um, Doncic playing alongside him. He's just been uh, amazing this season for them, just definitely invaluable, averaging 14 points, four rebounds, and four assists. Uh, and he's going to get paid because he's on a mm-hmm. one-year deal right now. I mean, last year the deal, 1.8 mil. So that's something there. But, like, far too often I see Luca really have no other help in terms of initiating the offense. I mean, you don't have another player like that. It's it's literally after yeah. Luca and then Jalen Brunson, you're looking at, what, Trey Burke and, and, and maybe Sterling Brown? Sterling Brown. And then, after that, yeah. and then after that, you're, you're done. I mean, a lot of these guys yeah. are play finishers but not playmakers. Frank. Frank Neal uh, Yo, yo, oh, I forget about Frank. Exactly. Well, Frank Neal I look at him more like a forward anyway, so I guess that's how I messed up. But he's he's a point guard. He's played the position. And, and, and mind you, he's like, I don't think a very good playmaker. But also, why isn't he on fans, though? Interesting. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Battle Terry. Oh, wait. <laughs> I stand corrected. I forgot about Terry. Bottom oh, line. That just yeah. made me sad in this I, preseason. I'm about to say, I'm sorry. Yeah, but... <laughs> You bring in a guy like Levert, yes, mind you, again, the shooting's not great, but you know he's someone that can at least reliably make a shot for someone, even, even if that's a driving kick. Like, he's not a great playmaker, but he can bring the ball to the floor. And, like, when you have a limited supply of guys who can do that, he brings size, he can penetrate. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's additional offensive boost off the bounce, a little more juice there. I just yeah, think like, it's – I like it. If you trust Levert's vision enough to, you know, find Porzingis on pick, pick and pops, like, that would that would be a fun just combination. Simple reads, and, simple reads, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, the, the Mavericks look to just clear up the big room a little bit. And, like, Powell, I think, has been fine this year. But, like, Powell and Willie, Collie Stein, I don't know. Both yeah, and why, would, and why like, would Indiana take that? Because Dallas throws in, like, I don't know, Jalen Brunson. Just, just not, not really. Yeah, that's what but you mean. I'm just saying in a hypothetical, like, you know, the, it, it, he would make sense as another creator there. Um, mm-hmm. Just go get Goran Dragic, Dallas, and call it. Honestly, yeah, I think you're right. It was a good idea, I thought, but looking at it, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just make the move. It's been there. It's been talked about all season and kind of go from there. Speaking of yeah. going from there, transition time, we are going to go from the Indiana Pacers to the Portland Trailblazers, a team that has been just in the news for all the wrong reasons. Um, you know, you had a contentious offseason. You've had a horrible start for the Portland Trailblazers that's been really kind of highlighted by injuries across the board. Damian Lillard with his ab injury, Caesar McCullum with a collapsed lung. It has not been really good for guys who have also been down to see little has had moments. Um, you had a great season so far from Anthony Simons until he went down with the ankle injury. So he's been down. The Blazers are 11 and 15. That's 11 in the West. 
They sit 11th on offense. They sit 20th on defense. Actually, an improvement. They were 30th just earlier this week uh, and 25th in net rating. Chauncey's definitely trying to have the Blades play a lot more of an aggressive defense, um, which is only highlight the flaws of said defenders, um, both the guards for point of attack defense, uh, use of Nurkic having to play up and then attempt to get back. The Blazers like lead the NBA, um, and this is not a small margin in corner threes that are given up or converted. So the defense has definitely shown their cracks there. And Dame's had an offseason. Get this. Um, I just want to share this little piece here for you, Justin. 21 points, four rebounds, seven assists, right? He's shooting 39% from the field and 30% from three on nine attempts tonight. Russell Westbrook is shooting the three ball better than Damian Lillard. Take that for yeah. data. Take that for data. That's that's you can certainly take it. I don't know what you're gonna do with it. But, Not me uh, either. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm done. I felt vindicated until you said that. But like CJ is having a normal year. He's been obviously occupied. He was uh, having know, a normal was year. Was having. A I guess he, year. My fault. Well, I guess he is having a normal year. Every single year, CJ McCollum gets off to a great start, and then some really weird, horrible long-term injury just strikes him. What back, happened never had last rhythm. year? Like, yeah. what happened last year where he missed a ton of time? After was it a foot injury? Was it a broken? I think it was foot? a foot, and then he was playing with a crack in his back. Yeah, and then he, he so he breaks his back, he breaks his foot, his lung collapses. Just let CJ McCollum play basketball. Why does this have to keep happening? I, honestly, I feel bad for him, man. It's just the uh, I don't know. It's I don't even want to make finally make a joke at his expense. I mean, I think it's just like. It's been a rough go of it in, in Portland, you know, and I think that's kind of highlighting not only just bad injury luck in, in the case of CJ McCollum, but just all of the board. You have three guys, six, three and under, who are playing your three guard positions and one being your four. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Norman Powell, I think, has performed admirably in that spot, and his wingspan definitely helps him a little bit, but he's small, you know, and you have your mm-hmm. three high scoring guards, you know, doing what they do. Um, but and you games, have Tony Snell doing what he does, uh, which is nothing. <laughs> I'm fine, but you know, Robert Covington's had a horrible start to the year, he's kind of getting a little better, but like six and four, like that's not great. We you know, yeah. steal a block per game. That's, that's just that. I mean, that's just either just basic box numbers, and it's just not good. You know, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, I think, has been all right. You know, double double. Anthony Simons, I've loved the way he played, I've been trying to get him to the LA Lakers for a minute now. I still think we could trade potential all-star Taylor Horn Tucker straight up for Simons and this year little. And so. no, I know he makes more. <laughs> I and the math doesn't work at all, but I'm, I'm just delusional. I was trying to highlight that there. But when you look at Portland, you look at the dysfunction they're going through. Um, Woj actually put out an article that I think he definitely had some help with um, from an inside source. Uh, you know, that helped him kind of figure out um, kind of the state of the trouble front office and, the extension that Damian Lillard supposedly is looking for that would pay him $55 million at age 36. Like, it's wild. Uh, you ESPN put out just a, a frankly horrible piece on five big Damian Lillard trades that they want to see the Blazers uh, pursue, including to Boston and just weird, weird places without even having New York involved. Damian Lillard Cavs. came out. I'm, I'm sorry, Casby. That would be interesting. That was I'm just, the headline of the article. Uh, I, I mean – yeah, that one I like. I mean, it's interesting if, if it happened, but I wasn't a fan of any of, of those trades. Honestly. I didn't think it was a great trade. I, I was going to say, I didn't like, I didn't like any of that. Them. No, I think so as well. Um, and, and honestly, I mean, Dame came out again, what, just yesterday and said, not looking to be traded. But like, he's trying to work with the front office to find a solution, not trying to leave. But like, I, I just don't, I think the, he's 31. He's like, the writing's kind of on the wall for me. Unless he's content to, you know, be on a team a la Dirk and like, 
but Dirk had already won a ring. But let's say from like 20, I want to mm-hmm. say from 2014 to like Dame's like, I mean, not Dame, from 2014 to like Dirk's like legit decline. Yeah, I think yeah. he knew that, okay, we're not winning a ring. You know what I mean? And then it shifts mm-hmm. to like bigger things, like instilling a proper culture and helping the young guys and all of that stuff. Is Dame ready to start that now? Because like, that's what I think is going to happen. I don't see, mm-hmm. and I guess some of this is where I throw it over to you. How, where, do, where does Portland go from here um, in a way that doesn't involve moving Dame and that, that satisfies his quest for a championship? I don't see it. Can we just say play Larry Nance more? Dude, that makes sense. Why is he only playing answer? like twenty plus minutes a night? I didn't understand. That's a very good point. Yeah, that that. Just I mean, if he was such, if he was a game a changer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't. No, I, I. You have no argument from me from there at all. I've wondered the same thing. He's playing exactly twenty minutes a night. Like that was your big offseason move, and it's like, okay, this is a step in the right direction. Like this is um, like. It's kind of the Robert Covington thing from the season before. Like, okay, this won't fix your defense, but it'll help. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I think Larry Nance is like a far better defender than Robert Covington. Like, another I step did. in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But play him. The I think that good. by, uh, by he was not like the playing best him. player on Cleveland last year when he was healthy. That is true. That Albeit is true. like when the team was bad, but like, he can be a helpful player. <laughs> If he's given the reps, I think he can be. I mean, right now, his shooting splits are not super great. Um, but, like, he's obviously I mean, shown. even aside from the shooting, the dude is just such a good, like, switchable defender, help side guy. I was about like, to say, yeah, getting them in the right position, being able to kind of play up um, defensively in multiple positions. But to only be playing 20 minutes a night, I don't get that at all. Um, and I'm with you. I think just, that it, uh-huh. or Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that it shows to me that that trade, that, like, was purely reactionary on Portland's part. And then they just happened to pick the right player because you can't explain to me how you make that trade. And yet either the, the prize acquisition, the one that everyone said, okay, your off season is not super horrible because it got Larry Nance or you go, their off season was horrible, but they got Larry Nance. And then you play him literally the, the minutes of people who are playing more than him are obviously your, your, your expected guys, which would be Damian Lode, Cesar McCollum, Norman Powell. Damon CJ at 35 minutes a night, Norm Powell at 30, Robert Covington at 26, Yusuf Nurkish 24, Anthony Simons 23, Masil Little 22, then Larry Nance at 20. I'd put Larry Nance over Covington for sure. I'd knock Covington down, and then I'd probably play him around the same as Anthony Simons, definitely over Nasir Little, and I like Nasir. Yeah. I mean, and Nasir has been good this year. I'm not yeah. going to discredit him. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no disrespect intended. But yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. Chauncey Billups definitely seems like he's just still trying to learn on the fly a little bit. Um, I think he – this team does just kind of see in a, seem to be in a bit of a funk overall, and I do think he has a point with that when he's called out their effort in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and that starts at the top with Damon Lillard, who obviously isn't shooting the ball well. Um, and, and Dame is saying a lot of good things in the media, but I, it, it's hard to think that, you know, everything that's going on with his team – uh, isn't a huge distraction to both him and everyone else on the team. Um, just, I mean, the constant news of who's going to be here, who isn't, is Dame happy here? Uh, is CJ going to get traded? The GM just gets fired. Obviously, there was all the stuff with Chauncey in the offseason. Like, there's just so many distractions with this team right now. Um, 
I don't know. Like, as far as other things this team can do that don't involve Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. like, a CJ McCollum move kind of seemed like it was going to happen there for a minute. It looked uh, like it was. was. An, there was an athletic article that came out kind of just talking about him. Um, and it just kind of made it seem like a trade was not on the horizon, like, not, like, readily available. Mm-hmm. But, like, this might be the year where it kind of happens. Like, we kind of had that feeling. And then his lung collapses. Yeah, yeah, I think he, and I think, yeah, that's. I, and, and I don't, I, I actually haven't really looked. I don't know if there's a timetable for his return. I don't know if it's this season. I'm assuming it probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, that's just something that absolutely sucks for CJ. Um, but, like, what else do you do with this team right now? That's honestly where I'm at. I, I think that you either ride the, like, ride it out, you know, hope that they can kind of gel, get healthy, and that, you know, the best is yet to come. Blow it up. Even then, are you blowing it up with Dame included? Because then, yeah, you might get some good pieces to, to settle for a rebuild. But, like, uh, is Portland ready for that? You know, is, is, is Jody Allen kind of ready to, to, to say, okay, we're not going to be even semi-competitive or kind of going, tearing it down from his roots and, and starting again? In which case, you know, you would start with what are you getting from Damian Lillard in terms of, you know, uh, assets, picks, whatever the case may be. Um, then CJ and, and, and Nurkic and other guys and start literally like transitioning your entire mindset to Paulo Bancaro, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Chad Hogram and guys like that. Um, you know, Jabari Smith, like just looking at the draft, that's what you do if you do that. The other thing you do is say, okay, you know what? We're going to keep Dame. We're going to try to build a winner. We're just going to go 2018 clock halves and everyone else is gone. And we'll try to make trades as you are. The only problem is like, I don't know how you get – you don't have a talent as good as LeBron was on that Cavs team to say, okay, I'll take all these guys, let's rock, you know? And you're taking McCollum and Nurkic. You're not getting guys that are going to be significantly better than them. I doubt you're getting guys that are going to be better than them in the aggregate, you know? It's going to be like an even swap, in which case you're kind of exactly where you started, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Do you let go of a guy like Anthony Simons, a guy who's going to be a free agent that's been really good for you and is only 22? I doubt that. The same when you said, look, I think those, those guys stay no matter what you do. So – is Larry Nance and Cody Zeller next to go? You know, like you, you have all these questions, but all these different questions and angles really don't lead you to a different outcome. You know, ultimately it's just not where you want to be, you know, wherever they end up is not where they want to be because we know they're not going to turn racks into a championship team overnight. You know, that the trade return you're going to get for certain players, barring Damian Lillard is not going to be crazy good to be like, okay, you know, I can feel confident with the way we are right now. And then well, you also, uh, how many picks are you going to get for Dennis Smith jr? How many firsts? Listen, I, if I can get a first and a pick swap, I'll be I'll be satisfied. I think you could get upwards of like three. Rip, whoa, dude! I'm telling you, if if that happens, then six points and three <laughs> assists per game is worth its weight in gold, man. <laughs> right? Hey, oh, man. him and Tony Snell could could pull together a Drew Holiday esque package, couldn't they? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're willing to bet the farm on them. And, and then and then go out of business. Absolutely, no, I'm fine. But it, it, I don't know. I I feel more discouraged just kind of talking about them because I just don't see it. And, and mind you, I'm, I don't get paid the big West to figure it out. But like looking at trades and, and obviously canvassing for ideas and everything there, it doesn't look like there's a, a, a panacea in sight for them. Yeah, at this point, it kind of feels like this isn't the season. At least not like during the actual regular season that it's going to happen for the Blazers. Um, I don't know. It kind of just seems like a hope you can get things figured out this year. Hope CJ comes back and then make one more playoff run. 
Uh, but it also seems like it could be, okay, that's the plan, but we don't actually make the play-in. Or we don't actually make the playoffs, and then we lose in the play-in. Mm-hmm. And now things are, like, really problematic. And, like, ne- like this offseason is maybe where it really starts happening. We'll see. But it doesn't doesn't seem like it's going to end well, regardless of how it actually happens or when it actually happens. That's for sure. And it's going to be something that we monitor. Um, I am definitely already kind of discouraged, but I'm also I mean, excited. Like, that, uh, looking at it too, like, are you going to extend Rickets and Covington after the season? Oh no, why would I? Under any circumstances? No, like saying, like, even if you're trying to compete, like, how much are you paying those two guys? Like, well, listen, based off the based, uh, maybe I'm a little more pessimistic, but based off what I see, why would I do that? Because Cody Zeller is your starting center. If it's not Yusuf Nurkic, well, you're saying extend, like. If I don't have any, okay. Well, I'm saying like because they're both expiring guys. Like I'm just saying like in the off season, like oh. bring them back. Like what's what's the number there? If at this point with I mean uh, Nurkic, because like, then you're then you're committing like m- multiple multiple years to like everybody in your core. If you're committing to those yeah. guys, but and I Larry think that, Nance. and they're already showing that it's not working. Yes, injuries have played a part, but we've seen these guys healthy to start the season. And and and, mm-hmm. and and it's a good thing that Billups doesn't have hair. He would have pulled. He said they're inconsistent. The effort's not there. Like I wouldn't commit to this core. I wouldn't. Like that's that's what I'm saying. I don't see how they win because if you choose to do nothing, you are still not winning. Yeah. Because okay. So say you give like a two year deal to Covington and a four year deal to Nurk. That's three more years of Dame. Maybe two is a player option. Two more years of CJ. Four more years of Norm. You know, four more years of Nurk, like two more Covington, you know, like you're really still just going to be stuck in the mud for the foreseeable future if that's the way you go. So I don't know. This offseason just kind of has that feeling of despair. This could could be the time that it finally happens for Portland to kind of press the reset button a little bit. I hope they do. And I usually don't hope for teams to do that because I like to see them try to compete, you know, put it all it out there. It just doesn't really seem like there's a way out of this. It's going to happen yeah. at some point. They're not going to get much better. They keep making these consolidation moves. Any hope that maybe you could finally flip McCollum into something more uh, seems less likely now than it did before this, you know, unfortunate situation. Outside of that, where does it come from? That's the question. And you're right. I don't have an answer for that. So rather than continue to, you know, bemoan them, although I will say this next time we have you on, we're going to check in on this team. We're going to go do Absolutely. some, uh, we're going to go back to, to, to the groundwork, to the, to the very foundation of what makes the Friday show so popular, Justin. And can you tell the listeners what that is? Well, it's fun trade Friday. There it is. There it is. Fun trade Friday. You heard it for yourselves. So let's, let's, let's break down some fun trades. My guy, I know you prepared for, amazing traits and i have one very very special one to cap off this episode so hit me with the first one let's get it okay first trade and i actually so you you asked me about this pod a few weeks ago now uh and, time flies. and was kind of busy at the time uh just wasn't able to make it happen until now uh but i did at least have time to make the trade so these trades are from like three weeks ago okay. um but Oldies they but still apply now i think um okay First one, Sixers and Spurs. Oh, the Spurs, or no, no, no. We'll start with the Sixers. The Sixers get Derek White and Jock Landale. Wow. Okay. The Spurs get Danny Green, Jaden Springer, Isaiah Joe, and second round pick capital. 
whether that's one or two, I'll let you kind of decide. Um, but Sixers get Derek White. Obviously, Derek White's been struggling. Um, not sure how much. I'm sure it has a little bit, but not sure how much uh, the kind of slower start that he's gotten off to this season mm-hmm. has affected his value as a player. I think he's, you know, bounced back a little bit uh, as of late. But, you know, that can really be your guy. You know, you can either start him next to – you probably start him next to Seth Curry uh, – and that would kind of probably relegate Tyrus Maxey back to the bench full time. But, uh, you know, Derek White, a guy who I still think is a starting caliber guard, uh, somebody who you'd have under contract for, I believe, yeah, under 20 million for the next three years uh, to be your starting point guard. Um, other piece in, in, in Jock Landale is just, you know, salary match. He probably doesn't do anything for you uh, if he even keep him on the roster and the other side, the part that makes it all fun, Danny green goes back to the Spurs. Uh, and then you just kind of get a whole mess of interesting things to look at. Like Jaden Springer, obviously is kind of the centerpiece of getting back. Uh, not a guy who's playing right now for Philadelphia, but definitely has real upside. Uh, Isaiah Joe, something to look at second rounders, whatever, you know, what are your thoughts? You know what? I think it's interesting. I think that obviously what, what what makes it a fun trade for myself, I agree with you, is Danny Green going back to San Antonio where he spent, you know, a, a long stint, uh, the majority of his career from 2011 to 2018 with them. So that's pretty cool. Um, aside from that, I feel like it's, it's, it's like a marginal trade with a very, very fun element because you do get some young kind of, I, I guess, semi-intriguing guys. Like who, I haven't played. I think James Springer is pretty intriguing. Well, I mean, but in San Antonio? Yeah, especially okay. If you're trading Derek <laughs> White, uh, you're probably you know giving more minutes to, to realize Forbes. that like n- no, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably shifting towards playing the young guys anyway. So like Jaden Springer's a guy who's fun. Um, like he would he, him and give him and Josh Primo minutes and just let him fly. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean. Josh Primo and, and Springer, a uh, fun backcourt for sure. Uh, I guess if you're doing that, then you have an idea for what to do with DeJounte Murray? Uh, or is he just going to kind of awkwardly be there? I mean, and, and like those guys aren't guys that you're starting. Like DeJounte Murray is still your starting point guard. Um, but I'm just saying, like, then you have that kind of just, you know, another young kind of off-ball. Oh, to add to the rotation. Combo, you know, whatever, just to add to that rotation of guys to look at. That makes sense. Okay. No, that makes sense. I, I'm with that. I'm with that. So, I, I mean, honestly, I I have no choice. It's a fun trade. I say so. I'm with Would it. it happen? I don't know. I, I don't doubt really... it, but, but maybe. I don't, know if, I don't know if Derek White is really a guy that Sixers are looking at right now. But, yeah. But, hey, there's a world there where it, it happens. Also, I like boxy numbers and the fact that you have um the fact that you have Danny Green on a two year twenty million dollar deal, ten per, just simple. Nothing that like just straight up bare bones contract. I love those. Jared Allen's contract is for you then, isn't it? Oh yeah. Five years a hundred. You know I love it. <laughs> twenty a year. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's get to the next fun trade, my friend. Okay. The next one isn't very fun. Um Thunder and Kings, Thunder get Marvin Bagley, Kings get Derek Favors in a second round pick. Thunder get, wait, Marvin Bagley. 
Kings. Kings get Derek Favors in a second. Why not? I like it. Why not? The Kings love Kings their have to take out another year, but they get another big man because why the heck not? Uh, the Thunder look at Marvin Bagley. You know, you could even throw in like three second rounders if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Marvin Bagley does not have that type of value. No. But for them to take on the extra year of salary and you just need to do something with these picks, so why not take the flyer on him? Um, yeah, why not? No, I like it. I, I think that that's a good, that's a good fun trade. Pretty simple. Makes the most sense. That's, that's a concise one. Keep it going. You're on it. Can we go to my fun Kings trade now? Okay. And this is not a trade that is a good trade. It is a fun trade. Um, so in this one, the Rockets get Marvin Bagley and Tristan Thompson and a first round pick and two second round picks. Marvin Bagley, Tristan Thompson, first round and two second. Okay. That's a haul. Let's see what it's in exchange for. And the Kings get Christian Wood and David Nwaba. Whoa. And the Kings say we need to make the play in this year and make a bad move to get Christian Wood. Wow. And add him to their mess of bigs again. I mean, wow. That's wow. As you can tell, I'm kind of at a loss for And then the Kings are stuck asking the question of, do we start Rashawn Holmes? Do we start Christian Wood next to Rashawn Holmes? And that becomes another Kingsy conversation that you can have later. But it doesn't seem entirely out of the realm of possibility based on track record. I mean, it's 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 possible. It's in the realm. This is actually more like reality-based trade Fridays, right? <laughs> yeah. Right now, I mean, <laughs> like the Kings are at the point now where like could happen. You know, they could make the play in. They might just want to go all in. You never know. I think they should. It's been too long, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I Christian Wood seems like another guy who just like is a prime trade target right now. As um, he should be. I think that he can bring a lot of value um in return for Houston. Um, you know, of varying the Rockets win streak isn't gonna last forever. It isn't, it isn't. Seven's been crazy. And also I want to see him on a team that is actually gonna win because we haven't seen him on a good team since you know Christian Wood's actually been good. I mean, he was on like the Bucks there for like a minute. Yeah, but but I, but that's why they, that's where they the, wanted Pal Gasol instead. Well, that's why I said since he's been good. You know what I mean? He was good on the Bucks. The Bucks just didn't like him. I mean, was he that good though? Like he was a decent player. I just didn't think he was okay. Well, that was like when he, uh, he wasn't good at the start, but like yeah, like he became like, oh know. wow, look out for Christian Wood. But I'm not talking about like watch out for. I'm like like Christian Wood being Christian. Maybe hey, I'm. He know. was good enough for the Pelicans to claim him. I think there, it was the Pelicans, there, Yeah, right? I think it was too. Yeah, he's been with, yeah, he, he was with the Pelicans. And I'm sure he, and even then, why did he leave the Pelicans? I believe they waived him, didn't they? I'm just telling you, something something wasn't right. Yeah, let me see. So, and then he got claimed by the Pistons. In fact, you could make an argument that he, uh, yeah, together in, in his, no, he only played, it had to have been, he, came, he started in Philadelphia. Charlotte, Milwaukee. He mm-hmm. didn't really start coming on until New Orleans, but he only played. No, he, he finally got minutes in New Orleans. In New Orleans, but then he only played eight games. Twenty-three big minutes, average sixteen points, seven boys. But again, small sample size theater. Then Detroit. That's when he really came on. Thirteen points and six boards a game, sixty-two games, twelve starts, and then the last two seasons in Houston. 
Um, mm-hmm. We're 21 and nine and now 16, 11. So I, I guess you could say the last four years, give or take, you know, somewhere in there, somewhere between Milwaukee and New Orleans, you know, Christian Wood became Christian Wood, seven game win streak, you know, champion. But <laughs> <laughs> let's go to your next trade, man. Okay. So this is the messy one, and this Uh-oh. is the fun one. I this, this, this is one. what this is what fun trade Fridays are all about. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. So the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. That is the scary. Grizzlies get Brandon Ingram, Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, Najee Marshall, Willie Hernan Gomez, and Didi Luzada. Do you have that all written oh, down? Because there's a lot more names coming. I did not, so I'm gonna hope that you have that. Because I, I did. Wow. One more, one okay. more time, so I can get this. Brandon Ingram, Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, Najee Marshall, Willie Hernan Gomez, and Didi Luzada to the Grizzlies. Half the Pelicans to the Grizzlies. I'm with it. Okay. Yes. The Pelicans, in return for Brandon Ingram and all of their other trash. Um, no disrespect to. Najee Marshall, he's good. And Willie Hernan Gomez has been solid this year, too. But um, Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain, and Brandon Clark to the Pelicans. Wow. The ultimate consolidation move to get Brandon Ingram for the Grizzlies. They finally turn in all of their nice pieces for one really nice piece. Wow. That... One more time for the listeners, please. That was wow. <laughs> the whole thing or just the Pelicans? Well, you know what? Just give it to us straight one more time. <laughs> wow. Okay. So Brandon Ingram, Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, Najee Marshall, Willie Hernan Gomez, and Didi Luzada. Okay. In reality, this would never happen. There are way too many players. But this is what uh, makes it fun. A third team would get involved. Uh, this would not happen. But Dylan Brooks. DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, and then those are kind of, you know, the, the nice maybe value and if, if you flip them, vets. Uh, and then the real haul for the Pelicans, getting Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain, and Brandon Clark, along with whatever you can get for Brooks, Melton, and Jones. Wow. And wow. then you, you just kind of say, like, okay, Sedransky was never going to work anyway. He wasn't. Well, he Temple, hasn't. Garrett Temple is expendable. Najee Marshall was a nice piece, but like Dylan Brooks is better. Um, like Zaire Williams is deserving of playing over him. Same with Desmond Bain. Willie Hernan Gomez was a nice piece for you, but nothing like not heartbroken over losing Willie. I don't think Didi's ever going to be an actual NBA player, so not really losing anything there. Um, and you get a lot of decent stuff back. Uh, I think, you know, the, the Grizzlies are kind of hoping that Zyra Williams um, can be like that shot creating wing next to John Jaron and whoever else ends up being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Ingram is that guy. Uh, I think, you know, they've been looking for that for a little bit Derek, or Brandon Ingram would be the guy that, you know, they're finally kind of looking for next to Ja. Um, they get that. And the Pelicans can either retool around Zion. They can completely blow it up if Zion kind of, if that situation sours more than it has so far. Um, they have options at that point. You know, I mean, that is true. I think that any team that 
acquires Brandon Ingram wins the wins the trade. I don't make the rules. Oh, I agree. And like it's really weird and like a lot less depth for Memphis in that situation, but you do have John Morant, Brandon Ingram, and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. to work around. And they still keep, you know, Steven Adams, Kyle Anderson. Like maybe Sadoransky turns it around for you a little bit. I don't know. Over still a redemption project, I guess. Yeah, and then you do got a guess for new ones. You would have guys that way that that you're resetting the the window of contention. You know this this like rushed, just horribly done job of of quote unquote contending mm-hmm. around Zion, who you know got a point out hasn't been there, has been horrible with pieces that don't fit. All due respect to Garrett Temple and Thomas Donaranski, but no, they they just don't really have a, a good place here on this team. At least if you bring in guys like Jared Culver, bring in guys like you know, the, the group that's coming from Memphis, then yeah, like they're younger players. You're kind of well, Jared Culver is staying in Memphis, but oh, Desmond Bain, Zyra Desmond Williams, Bain. Brandon Clark. Those, like but that. those are yeah. good pieces. Mm-hmm. If anything, I, I, would, I would say that you're more, and I forgot about Dylan. See, there's so many people in these trade. I would say that you are in better chance of contending with those guys than you are with the guys you got on the roster right now. I mean, you very well, I mean, could be, I guess. You know, you're definitely I mean, getting I, a I, lot more yeah. good players. Well, I'm saying that um, more as a knock on how they've kind of assembled this team so far than on the players coming in, but that they're still good players. But, yeah, I think it just kind of – you can kind of put it as like, okay, we, we got a little bit younger overall maybe with just a lot more young guys in here who – yeah, yeah, I guess it, it takes the pressure off of winning right now and just kind of – it kind of puts the Pelicans in a situation that the Grizzlies have been in as to where they have a lot of really nice pieces um, and seem like they're really in a great position to consolidate those pieces. And maybe when the time comes that Zion's finally healthy and, you know, other guys are looking like they're getting good and then maybe, you know, they make a consolidation prize trade for, you know, another star that's not happy. And that's who you pair with Zion. And, you know, maybe Jonas Valanciunas is still there and whatever. And like, that's, maybe that's the path to being a good Pelicans team finally in a couple of years. Yeah. And, may, and at least the blueprint is there. It's, it's something that is certainly more promising than what they have going on now. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, Brandon Ingram is good, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I okay. Let me when I say that I, I I'm obvious. Brandon Ingram's in my top five of, of 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 players. So let me let you know, Justin. I'm not talking about that at all. Brandon Ingram's a hell of a player who's improved drastically this season after improving the last two years combined in New Orleans. I just mean in terms of the other pieces. I don't yeah. like getting rid of Brandon Ingram, but then again, you don't get those guys if you don't get rid of Brandon Ingram. So yeah. like, and, I just and by mean, the way, uh, this is a crap ton for Memphis to give up. And oh, like, there are a lot of things you got to consider if you're Memphis as to like, okay, we got Brandon Ingram, we have the guy that we wanted, but what do we do now? There's there's a lot for them to figure out after they bring in Brandon Ingram, but that's just kind of finally taking that step, and then I think kind of banking on their ability to find those types of guys in the past, kind of banking on the fact that you can do that again, um, and then build out that supporting cast again. But it's definitely a lot to give up for. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. I still think, I, okay, here's, here's my question. Actually, nope, I was going to take, take it back. I was going to say, is there a way to get similar value without giving up Brandon Ingram? But the answer is no, it's pretty simple. So <laughs> there hey, you are. I don't there. know. I don't know. Uh, Herb Jones is looking pretty good right now. You know what? 
he he he's been a, he's been a very good defensive player. Can I say that? Yeah, he's been an awesome defensive. Very player. good defensive player. He's learning better with his offensive game. Um, obviously, trying to grow that out. He, he's not been a very good offensive player, but he's been working on that. Um, I will say that. That's what I'm going to say. I, I will say By that. By the way, Kyra Lewis gets the unlucky news of the day. Sucks for him, dude. Hope. Yeah, you know, I guess the guy who does really rely on his speed and you know, I mean, that's not, not, ACLs obviously aren't like a death sentence mm-hmm. for a guy's career. And he's young. Just definitely 20. sucks to to hear for him. Yeah, out for the season with an ACL tear and an MCL sprain. Um, that's horrific. Uh, you definitely hope he recovers soon. Um, you know, like I said, age 20, still a whole lot of career left. Haven't even really even started. So this was an unfortunate year for him. He's really just starting, I think, to, to get a little bit. It didn't even really get a whole lot of a chance this season. Um, it was supposed to be more of an eye toward him. Uh, played about 14 minutes a night. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't the most glamorous stat lines, but hopefully, you know, he gets back stronger, better and can build off of this uh, for a longer, successful career. But let's get you have one more trade for us or is it my turn for my trade, sir? Uh, I have no more trades. All right. We haven't mentioned the fact that the Pelicans did just sign Zion 2.0 and Gary Clark. I was not aware of that. They did. Yeah. You didn't see that? No, I missed it, man. With uh, Didi Luzada being suspended, because of course he is, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't mean that as a slight towards Didi Luzada. It just seems I don't know. I've never really been high on him as a player. I don't really see it with him. Uh, but anyway, this isn't about Didi. Uh, yeah, they're able to sign another player until his suspension is over. So they got Gary Clark now. Well, well, look at that. Shout, shout. Look at that. Shout out to Gary Clark, Orlando Magic legend, <laughs> Mexico City Capitanes legend. First ever call up for the organization. And this is why I have you on the show, Justin. My goodness. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. <laughs> like this, this is these are the moments right here, right now. Wow. Okay. Well, let me give you my trade. This will be the capper of it all. The trade to end all trades. <sighs> Spend a little bit of time crafting this one together. I'm pr- quite proud of, of my work here. So you have two teams that have been kind of down relative to expectations. One team a little bit more than the other. The Indiana Pacers, the Los Angeles Lakers. Indiana Pacers make a move. They said DeMontis Sabonis and Karis LeVert to the Los Angeles Lakers. My God, what are we doing? For Anthony Davis. Ah, uh, there it is. You get your you get your post score, <laughs> you get your secondary ball handler. They can mess well for LeBron. <laughs> AD's been slipping and around. AD gets his lifelong dream fulfilled of playing for the Indiana Pacers. Dude, he's locked in. The Pacers know they have a superstar <laughs> locked in for four years, man. Talk about jumpstarting finally, and rebuild. Finally man. gets to play for Rick Carlisle in his in his city of choice. Indiana. Oh my gosh, Indiana. Indiana. I just want the whole famous Indiana to start holding their breath <laughs> after every tumble to the floor that Davis makes roughly six times a game because I'm tired of it. <laughs> that 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 is all I have, man. That was that how was... long, how long until Anthony Davis requests a trade out of Indiana? Do you give uh, it a week and a half? I give it the minute the play over under a week and a half. Uh, you, know, you know, I'll give you that over under. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take. I'll, I'm pounding the over, but not by much. <laughs> I'm pounding the over, but not by much. Oh my gosh, yeah. I had to, I had to do it though. 
Um, I regret nothing. Um, but no, I, that, that was it, y'all. This has been a fun episode. Justin, man, thank you for coming on and just riffing ball with me for, you know, over an hour as we are want to do. Uh, listen, guys, you can find him on Twitter at JustinMatch26. Justin, you have anything cooking uh, aside from coming on here every every so often here you want to share with the listeners? Real quick, is Gary Clark Zion 2.0 or is Zion Gary Clark 2.0? These are the questions that will keep me up well into the night. This is the, this this is right here. These are that thought provoking. You know what's funny? I'm gonna give a brief aside here. I had a comparison for the longest I sat on when Demarcus Cousins played, and I was like, you know who he reminds me of? You know who he reminds me of? And I couldn't figure out who Demarcus Cousins reminds me of. And then finally, it hit me. I was like, Demarcus Cousins reminds me. And I'd never watched this guy live. Like he basically retired before I was really even watching basketball. But or. Rather, I should say DeMarcus Cousins remind me of Derek Coleman. And I was like, is DeMarcus Cousins Derek Coleman or is Derek Coleman an early DeMarcus Cousins? Think about that. Think about that, y'all. Think about that. These are big questions. (laughs) Think about that question, y'all. Think about Gary Clark and Zion. Really think hard. Look at the film. YouTube has plenty of it. Uh, Probably a lot more on Zion than on Gary Clark, but still use your brains. Uh, Check up with us. Like I said, with Justin, again, Justin, thank you. <laughs> on Twitter at JustinMatch26. Uh, check me out on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Check out the show, y'all. It's been fun, as it always is, for Justin, for myself. We are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And I will talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all. has been a Sports Ethos presentation.